Faith, a word packed with meaning. Sometimes it holds firm, but sometimes it wavers because life rarely goes as planned. Moms often find themselves or their children tossed to and fro by life's circumstances, revealing how we tend to put our faith in things that can't keep their promises instead of our promise-keeping God. When this happens, we feel let down, question what we believe, and wonder if God really is who He says He is. We don't feel His presence, instead feeling frazzled and unsure, but it doesn't have to be that way. Join Million Praying Moms and author Aaron H. Warren for Confident Faith, Three Prayers to Strengthen a Mom's Heart, and Learn to Put Your Faith in Our Faithful God, who keeps His promises, is always with you, and is the peace you crave. Yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. Is it biblical to walk through life alone? When my children were really young and I still worked outside of the home, I spent some time as a Bible study leader in our church's women's ministry. What we found was that no matter what time we held Bible studies, it was hard to get women to come. The stay-at-home moms wanted to come in the mornings, and the working moms had to come, didn't have any choice but to come at night or on the weekends. But it didn't matter who we were targeting, everyone found it hard to make the choice to spend time away from their families. And this is what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today. Hey friends, it's Brooke McLaughlin, your host of the Million Praying Moms podcast. The mission of our time together is to help you learn to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. My husband has worked shift work for our entire married lives. In fact, he started before we were married. What that means on a very practical level is that when I went to church, I was functionally a single mom about twice a month. I remember one particular morning that had just been so very hard. Like I was exasperated. The kids had misbehaved so much. And I remember the kids are buckled in and I'm driving to church and this thought popped into my head it would have just been easier to stay home. I was busy, my kids were grumpy, and I didn't feel like going to church without my husband that morning. The circumstances of my life were making it hard for me to choose the benefits of community that morning. And that's the conversation that we're going to open up today. My guest for this entire season has been Erin H. Warren. One of the things that I really admire about Erin is her dedication to living truth even when it's hard. And she's experienced plenty of hard in her life. You know, the only way that we can really grow in our experience and belief in God's truth is to live God's truth. And her ministry, Feasting on Truth, helps us do that. The other reason I think she's perfect for this conversation is because she's the author of our latest 30-day devotional, Everyday Prayers for Faith, Finding Confidence in God No Matter What. Everyday Prayers for Faith is a 30-day devotional style book that will help you learn how to have a firm faith even when life doesn't go like you planned it would. It's going to renew your faith in the faithfulness of God, and we can't wait to get it in your hands. You can order your copy now anywhere books are sold, or you can always grab it in the show notes today at millionprayingmoms.com. After a word from our sponsors, we'll dive in. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. 
This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Erin, welcome back to the podcast. This has been such a great season. And I really hope that after all this time we've been talking about faith, that our listeners have a clearer understanding of what's happening when they have questions about their faith, as well as what to do about it when it happens. We don't have to let, I think we've established this, we don't have to let one hard season or even multiple hard seasons turn us away from God. I think the picture that we've painted here this month is that we can let those things propel us toward him instead, and that the times when our faith is challenged, those are the crucibles in which our faith actually grows and matures. So today, we're going to talk about the role of community in building and sustaining our faith. And I think it's a really important conversation because we are so busy these days. I know as moms, like... I'll tell you this little story. When we moved home, we moved from like a mid-sized city in the state of Virginia to a tiny little one-stop light town in the state of Virginia, back home. It's our home. And my husband was convinced that life was going to slow down when we moved back home. And there is a sense of like a slower pace and things like that here. But I'm telling you what, the window, our activity level blew wide open when we moved back home. And so it did not prove true. And I think moms are just so busy these days that community usually takes the back seat or it gets neglected altogether. So I would love it if you could kick off our conversation by just talking to us about your own experience with this. What have you seen? I used to be in staff in women's ministry as well. And I think kind of what you described um, is exactly true. I mean, it's just really hard. And I would even say it extends beyond just moms. I think women who are not married, who are single moms or empty nest phase of life, you know, everyone struggles with the busyness. And I think we've seen that pendulum. I was really hoping when we were all sitting at home that the pendulum would not swing 
way. And I think we have gone back beyond 2019 levels of busyness and it is hard, you know, and I think a lot of times I hear women say things like, oh, well, you know, I need to put my family first and, and all of this, but we've gotten kind of stuck in this rat race of believing that it's going to sound ridiculous when I say it, that spending time in the word and with other women around the word is not valuable. And that running our kids around and doing all these things, our kids are in very limited things. And I still feel like I'm running around all the time, but that is putting your family first. And I would argue that taking the time and finding the time to be in community around the word, this is Sunday morning worship. This is small group Bible study, discipleship kind of things. Finding community around the word is the most important thing we can do for our family because we have to be rooted in truth. That's what we've been talking about this whole thing. And if we're not rooting ourselves in truth, we're not in a position to be able to disciple our kids or to be, I'm not a good wife. I am not a good mom and I am not a good human being when I'm not rooting myself in the word and community around the word first and foremost. Yeah, that's so true. So true. I think I do believe fully, and this is kind of what your ministry stands for at Feasting on Truth. I do believe fully that God can teach us as individuals through the individual in-depth study of his word. He is fully capable of equipping us for life and teaching us things about life as we individually and personally come to him you know, on a daily basis or as often as is humanly possible for us. However, I can clearly look back on my life and say that there were lessons I learned as a mom, as a woman of God, as a human being that came to me because I was in relationship with another believer that I might not have been able to learn the same way had I not been in that situation. There's just so many times when God used another believer to speak into my life and help me to see something that I wasn't seeing on my own or help mm-hmm. me to see something from God's word that maybe I had some kind of grip on, but that I needed my vision expanded a little bit on that particular truth of God's word. And so, yes, we absolutely should be coming to God's word on our own, but there is a significant power of approaching God's word of opening your heart to be able to approach God's word with other people as well, other believers. Yes. A pastor that I follow, he says that our time with the Lord should always be personal, but never private. Yes. And um, we place so much value on quiet time and y- y'all quiet time's not in the Bible. And this is a huge kind of um, hot button topic (laughs) that I wrote about in my first book, Feasting on Truth, is that actually what's required of us is far more than quiet time. But the words quiet time are not in the Bible. And so we've placed this really high value on time alone with God, and we have devalued the time in community around the word. And Satan loves to work in isolation. He loves to work in isolation. And we have to make sure that we are coming together, not only for the accountability of it, but just like you were saying, like it helps point us to that truth. You know, when we have these questions of faith, we, yes, take them first and foremost to scripture and we line them up against scripture, but it's important 
that when we are wrestling these, that we are also in a discipleship style, deep community around the word so that it helps us remain on track. Hebrews 3 12 through 15 says, take care, brothers, lest be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And so, you know, sin is a liar. It always overpromises and it always undelivers. And Satan is always there willing to kind of twist that truth. But part of what helps us not fall away from God, that helps us remain soft toward him, that helps us look toward him is that encouraging one another daily and being in some sort of community that is helping point you toward the truth of the word. And this is not community that says, Oh, you know, like, it's okay. I know you have really, you know, like, we're not a excusing your sin. It's okay. There's grace. There's grace for today, you know, like, but that women who are going to call you on your stuff and who are going to help point you to truth. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I think it's important that we find something that works for us. And I'm not saying you have to meet 52 weeks a year. My Bible study, we do a fall semester and a spring semester. And then I've done summer studies. I've taken summers off. You know, I've kind of, done a little bit of both, but I'm still, even though like right now at time of recording, I'm not actively in my weekly Bible study. We're still texting each other. We're still holding each other accountable. We did an Advent thing together. A few of us, you know, holding each other accountable to be in the word. Yeah. All right. So I have to tell you, you've just caused me to have some, I'm convicted about something. So our women's ministry at church is having a women's Christmas brunch kind of thing. And we're making wreaths. And I just, uh, yesterday was the last day to sign up and I didn't sign up because I'm not super creative. It's not that I don't want to be with other women. It's just that I don't necessarily want to make a wreath. And so I didn't sign up. And now I'm thinking, gosh, I probably, I just need the fellowship with other women. I need to invest in relationship. It's not about the wreath, Brooke. Get over the wreath. Right. It's just being with other women. So, so I may call my pastor's wife today and beg her to let me sign up a day late if I can, just because I know that it's so important for me to have those kind of relationships where people have the opportunity to speak into the things that they're seeing in my life. And if they don't know me well enough, if they don't ever see me, then they're not going to do that because it's just weird. If you don't, if you don't have a relationship with someone, you don't necessarily want to point things out to them. So you got to have that relationship. And I don't know if you've ever done a word study on all of the the one another's that are in scripture. If you haven't, I haven't done it either, but I'm, I'm aware that there are a lot of them. Um, yeah. I heard pastor share about it in a sermon one time. And I think there's just, there's a ton of verses in the scripture that describe exactly how we're supposed to one another, each other, <laughs> like the yeah. way that we're supposed to live in community. Like the Bible is clearly a community Thing. It is not an isolation kind of faith. I remember there was a, a country music singer that I listened to a lot when I was growing up. 
Um, when I was growing up, we didn't have a Christian radio station in my in my small little town. That not one that we got, anyways, that we could get access to. And of course, there was no serious XM radio or anything like that when we were growing up in the '90s. But the only radio that I really had access to was the top 40s and and the country music top 40s as well. And so I listened to a lot of country growing up. And there was this one recording artist who always put in all of her CDs, this seems to be a theme over our last couple episodes where I talk about how old I am in terms of music, but uh, <laughs> there, there was a CD. And you know, when you got the CD, you had the cover that fit in yes, the fa- in the case. The jacket. Yes, you could get it, it out and deal. read about her and read the lyrics. Read all the lyrics. Yes. You always knew what you were singing, even if you couldn't understand it the way that, you know, that it sounded on the CD. But she always had a Bible verse in the cover, mm-hmm. in the in the jacket of her of her CD cover. But she never had any explanation of it. It was just the reference. And mm-hmm. I heard her interviewed one time. These were her words. I'm just paraphrasing. But she said, you know, I'm definitely a woman of faith. But I'm very quiet about my my faith. I'm not someone that's going to be in your face about it. It's very personal to me. It's my faith. It doesn't have to be your faith. And I thought, oh, I remember like as a teenager being a little bit let down by that. I kind of got mm. like all excited that she had a Bible reference on the CD that I because I really liked her. She was one of my favorites. But then when I heard some of the reference behind it, I thought, oh, well, that doesn't seem quite right to me. Like, that's not quite right. We were meant to be outspoken. I think you said this in our last episode. What was the way that you said it, that, that our faith is supposed to be personal, but not private? Is that the way you said yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. We just said that, that yeah. it's supposed to be personal, but never private. Right. So if it's yeah. not private, then that means we need to be sharing it with other people and not just in the sense of sharing the gospel to unbelievers, but sharing with other believers. So talk yeah. to us about some of that scriptural foundation for why this is so, why community is so important. Yeah. We see it throughout all of scripture. Like you said, everything about about scripture points us to community. There's nothing in there that says, yes, this can be your faith. You can sit in your house. You can, you know, never talk to anyone else and that's okay. You know, and I, we kind of alluded to it a little bit with the, that Hebrews three passage, like, you know, community is so important because it helps point us to truth and it helps keep us being soft or God to not straying from God. I, I'm studying Mark right now and I'm really fascinated, you know, three times it talks about people bringing people who need healing to Jesus. There's the faith of friendship. You know, I, I always talk about the tear the roof off friends, like the ones who are like, I will do anything to get you to the feet of Jesus because I know he has what you need. And I'm not talking physical healing. You know, I, a lot of these healings are representative of, of what he does for us spiritually, you know, where he, you know, heals our spiritual blindness. He heals our spiritual deafness, you know, all of this. But Hebrews has so many, you know, I, I talk about a lot in Feasting on Truth about Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir one another up toward love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Man, y'all, like during 2020, we were throwing that verse out a lot. But I think what I learned most during that season is that, you know, meeting together in scripture doesn't have a one definition. You know, meeting together is not necessarily, no, I'm going to say this because I think it's more than this, but it's not saying you have to go to a giant church building every Sunday morning. That's what meeting together looks like. 
that is important. So please hear me say that that is important. And we should be because I think, you know, we talked about in the last episode about not feeling when you're not feeling your faith. Sometimes when I'm, I'm forcing myself to say those words, sing those songs when I don't feel it, it's the people around me singing it that also encourages me and helps remind me of truth. But it's more than that, y'all. Like we also need to be gathering in small groups, but it doesn't have to look a certain way. We've talked about how hard it is to find things that work. You know, during the pandemic, I started teaching Bible study online. And I mean, it was a huge when no one was, (laughs) not huge, but you know, when everyone was at home and that was all, but we kind of fell into doing online Bible study on Zoom at 7.30 at night every Tuesday. And what I found is it doesn't work for everybody. You know, there's single mom who can't make it dry, you know, and I live in, in Orlando, Florida. So it's a very widespread city. It takes you 30 minutes to get everywhere. And so your churches aren't always community churches, you know, so getting there on a Tuesday night, it can be hard for people, but you know, there was a woman in South Carolina who was homebound with illness and she couldn't leave her house because of the threat of COVID and the additional illnesses. And so she was able to take part and be part of a community of the word or women who travel or busy moms, whether they're working moms or homeschooling moms, you know, the ones that maybe can't get out during the day, they can get kids fed, they can get them headed toward bed and they can hop on at 730. And is that, uh, I think pre-pandemic, I would have told you that can't work, but I have just seen the Lord build beautiful community because when we are humble and we're willing to not hide, you're going to hide, you can hide in person, you can hide online. So, you know, I think there's options out there. I have an in-person small group that I have with moms from my kid's school, you know, and we meet in person in my living room once a week as well. And so I think a lot of times we just think, well, I can't make that one thing. So I can't make any of them. You know, we have so many options available to us today. I have, um, you know, part of my Feasting on Truth ministry is writing these Bible studies and all the teachings available for free on my YouTube channel. So, you know, grab a friend from work and over lunch, y'all listen to the podcast or listen to the teaching on your own, like when you're driving into work and then at lunch, sit down and discuss it. That's a small group. That's not neglecting to meet together. You know, it can be on a Saturday morning with a couple moms. And I think a lot of it is we wait for somebody to create the opportunity for us that meets our need instead of being willing to step out and create that and to ask. I know it's hard for some people, but you know, there are resources out there to help you do this and to meet your need. And so don't ever let that be an excuse. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good word for me to camp on just for a second because it, it leads me to where I'm, what I was thinking when you were talking. We need to not wait for people to create opportunities for us, mm-hmm. but I think we also need to stop using the busyness of motherhood yes. as an excuse oh, yes. because it's easy to do. Y'all, I do it all the time. I really don't like to make wreaths, but quite honestly, the busyness of the season that we're in, like basketball season has just started. We're recording this right before the holidays, right before Thanksgiving and Christmas. And my husband works shift work and my older son will be home some from college. And I honestly just kind of don't want to. It's not that I don't want relationship with other women. It's that busyness that we're in of this particular season that's making me want to just 
retreat. And I do think it's okay to have seasons where you retreat. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's probably more the heart behind what you do than it is what you do, actually. Yeah. That's why, you know, I take breaks. I mean, it can be mentally exhausting to study scripture at the level that we really need to probably 52 weeks a year. And so I do like a nine week study and then, you know, we're going to kind of back off. But like I said, I'm going to do an advent and we're going to, you know, with two other girls and we're, we're doing it on our own. Um, We're not necessarily meeting physically during this time, but we are texting one another. Here's what I learned. Did you do it? What day are you on? You know? And I think kind of, I think just too often we just throw this box around what community has to look like. And I'm not saying that it can look like whatever you want it to look like. I just think it looks a lot more broad than sometimes we define it. I think you're absolutely right. And one of the litmus tests that I always use for this What I need to ask myself is what I believe about the Bible. Is it actually what the Bible says? Is it the Mm. model that God actually gives us? One of the ways that I can answer that is, does this actually work in different countries? Oh, yes. Because sometimes I think like sometimes we America, we will, I know we do. I'm, I'm sure it's not sometimes. I know that we Americanize. For those of you who are listening in America, we do this, guys. We, we look at the Bible through the lens of, of our American experience. And I'm, Mm -hmm. that's an entirely different show and probably an entirely different podcast, but we do it. And so one of the things that I think I try to ask myself is, you know, if I were a missionary living in Africa, would my definition of what community look like be the same as it is with me living here in small town, rural Virginia? I think it probably wouldn't. So what does God's word say I actually need to be doing as opposed to what my culture says I should be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that before too, because I think a lot of times we want to interpret things and and make them. And I think that's why, you know, where that accountability of community toward, you know, helps us kind of go back toward truth is, you know, because we can remind each other like, no, that's not what that means. (laughs) That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's why I also, I teach with a heavy, heavy emphasis toward cultural context and understanding mm-hmm. what scripture meant in the original language and to the original audience so that you can then better interpret. But yeah, it's so important for our faith. It's so important. If we are not meeting with one another in community around the word, then our faith is at risk because, you know, Satan loves to work in that, that space of isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sure does. And he will use that against us if at all possible. So we're not advocating legalism here. There's actually quite a bit of freedom that the word gives us in how we develop community and how we gather together so that we can do all the one anotherings. But the idea is that we really must be doing it even and maybe especially when we're in crisis, when our faith is in crisis. So talk to us a little bit about those seasons. I think there are times, you know, I think there's a busyness that happens just because, you know, we overcommit or we whatever. Um, But there's also a busyness that happens when we're in times of crisis. And this is a space where my family has been living for the last seven years is we have walked through three very big seasons of crisis, I would say, in our family. There have been seasons where I had to stop. My first summer, I took off Bible study. God just kept telling me, you need to take the summer off. And I kept going, God, like this is 
counterintuitive. Like we need to keep going. We have momentum. We need to keep meeting. And he kept going. Like he was very clear to me. Like I heard multiple sermons, you know, the Instagram post, you know, all these things. And he was like, you need to take the summer off. And so I was like, fine, this makes no sense, but I will do it. And two weeks later, my youngest was diagnosed with type one diabetes and it was a month before summer started. And there was zero way, zero way in those first few months, I would have been able to teach, to lead, to, and I was not sitting down doing deep Bible study um, in, in that season. And what I had during that season, though, was the faith of other people to help carry me through. And I'm actually, because we are out of time here, if you'll hop over to the Feasting on Truth podcast, I'm going to go deeper into this idea of the community of faith when we are walking through crisis and why it's so important. Um, there's this incredible, incredible, it's one of my favorite pictures in the armor of God about the shield of faith that gives us this beautiful picture of what the community of faith looks like when you are going through that hard season. When you talk about that, I can't help but think of our mutual friend, Stacey Thacker. Yes. And you know, she's someone that our audience here at Million Praying Moms is very familiar with. She's been on the show many, many times and has even helped me co-lead the show many times. And so they'll be familiar with this because I've talked about it. Stacy's talked about it. You know, her family went through something extremely traumatic several years ago. And you were part of the feet on the ground yeah. uh, response because you live there in Orlando where she and her family live. And I couldn't be that. So I had to be kind of a, like, I have to tell you, I wanted to be like, mm -hmm. I wanted to hop on a plane and fly to Orlando and just like, there, I just wanted to, to like be there to, to physically hold her up. But that wasn't possible for me because I live a long ways away. And so I was able to hold her up mm -hmm. in other ways. And it was, it really is one of that story. I know it was a dividing line in her life, but it was really kind of a dividing line in my life as well. As I looked at the power of community, even if you're not living in the same city, even if you can't get there and see that person face to face, right. what the power of community can do. And that's really, you know, it was this just beautiful expression mm -hmm. of all these people that loved Stacy that didn't live anywhere near her yeah. that were able to come together and kind of like you said, to start with, uh, rip the roof off yeah. and do whatever it takes to get her and her family to the feet of Jesus. Those are, we all need people like that yes. in our lives. But if we're unwilling to step out and, you know, kind of pull the, the curtains apart a little bit and give some people some access to our lives, mm -hmm. we won't have them right. when we need them. When we need them. Yeah. And one of the things, and this is one of the promises in Everyday Prayers for Faith is we have a God who faithfully comforts us. But in that passage for that day, in Second Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with, <laughs> with which we ourselves are comforted by God, that there is this aspect of the community that's important because God comforts us, and then we're able to extend that comfort to others. 
Um, and I tell kind of a, a story explaining this Danish concept of Huga, which is this idea of, of comfort and coziness, but it has, it's not biblical at all, but it, but it has these parallels that we can pull, but there's an aspect of it that happens in community. And, you know, part of God's plan for our comfort during harsh seasons of life is that we as the body of Christ would come together and comfort one another. So he abundantly comforts us and then we can then comfort others, but we have to be in community and trouble is promised in this life. Like John 16, 33, like in this world, you will have trouble. And so we are going to need people to come alongside us. We need one another. And I think sometimes we forget that. And so we have to be willing to make the time to build that community. My deepest friendships and relationships are ones that were built on the foundation of the word and the discussion of the word more so than anything else. Because, you know, your, your interest in wreath making or your interest in biking or your kid playing baseball or those communities are conditional and they're going to change and shift with the season of life. But your community around the word is, is true. And my absolute best friend lives on the other side of the world. But because we have the foundation of the word, we don't have to spend every day together. It's the thing about living in Orlando. People come and go. And so I never <laughs> <Yes>. do. <laughs> At least I haven't yet. Um, but, you know, but because our foundation is God, that never changes. And so that deep, rich community carries on even when the presence doesn't. And like you said with Stacy, you know. Um, you've experienced that same thing, despite the fact that you're hundreds, maybe thousands. I don't know how long, how far is Virginia? It's, it's, it's a long, long way. ways. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, miles away, but yet you still have a foundation. And goodness, y'all, technology has just made it so simple for us. You know, like when my first friend friend moved overseas, she had a some cool system that allowed her to have a, a local Orlando area code in this other country in her phone. And we just thought it was the coolest thing in the whole wide world. And now I can like message her. I can text her and call her, you know, yes, or whatever. No problem. That's awesome. I love that. It is such a gift. Community can be such an incredible, incredible gift mm-hmm. in the life of a believer. So Erin, this entire season has just been such a rich conversation about the topic of faith. If you're just, if you just happen to be tuning in today, go back and listen to the rest of it. It has really just been so, so rich. And I believe it'll serve you well, even if you haven't faced a time when your faith has been challenged, when you haven't really felt like you had faith, when you really haven't felt like God was for you, maybe you even thought he was against you. This has been a conversation that I believe will help you weather those storms if you haven't experienced them yet. And it's a conversation that I believe will help you come out of those storms if you are in the midst of it. Well, you prayed us in at the beginning of the season to kick things off. And I thought it would be great, just a a beautiful treat if you would then help us to end the season by praying us out. So would you give us that honor, please? Yes. I'm actually going to read the prayer on God faithfully comforts us. God of comfort, thank you for your presence with me in my suffering. You come to my aid and you remain close beside. You are not far and your salvation is here. Lord, as we may be women who are grieving or facing hardships, Lord, let us remember that your presence with us is an abundant comfort. 
that it lifts the weight of the burden and it continues to give us strength and joy. Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see our sisters who are also suffering, who are walking through hard things. Lord, give us the strength to sit with them as an extension of your comfort. Lord, I just pray that you would help us be women, Lord, who would have eyes to see, who would be willing to make the effort Lord, to be in community around your word, because we know that you created us to encourage one another all the more that we would not allow our hearts to grow hard. Lord, that has been a theme through this whole thing. How do we build our faith? How do we, when we either have um, faced hardship or we're questioning or we're wrestling or wondering if what you said is true, God, that you would help us to press in to you, to follow you, Lord, to act on what we know to be true, even when we can't feel it, to make time to find community, Lord, to reconstruct, Lord, our faith in a way that builds it in truth and leads us to you. God, I just thank you for every woman listening. And I just pray that you would encourage her heart, draw her close and help her remember who you are. And it's in your name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, since this is our last episode together, why don't you tell everybody where they can get involved with the work that you're doing for the kingdom? Thank you so much, Brooke. I appreciate that. Um, you guys can head over to feastingontruth.com and you can find all of the information we have, the Bible studies that we have available. And like I said, all the teachings available for free. So they can do that. I'm on on the Instagram at Aaron H. Warren and my YouTube channel is Aaron H. Warren as well. And the Feasting on Truth podcast, where if you haven't, we've been doing companion episodes to go along with these. So you can go and listen and get deeper teaching on that as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us all month long, Erin. And thanks everyone who's been following along with us. Don't forget to go order your copy of Everyday Prayers for Faith now, anywhere books are sold or at millionprayingmoms.com. We'll also have links to all of the things that we mentioned today in the show notes as well. So you can check there for all your resources. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 